Um, yeah, my name's Nelson. As you can tell, I'm not Julian. Um, I know we look a lot alike. Um, but yeah, you actually probably know my wife a little bit better. Her name's Amy. She's the angel voiced worship leader you're so used to seeing. And then uh, those of you guys that serve in the nursery would know Fitz. He's the super adorable kid in the middle there. The, and then not the one on the right. The super adorable one on the right is me. <laughs> um, yeah, you would know them better. They are probably the best thing I've ever done um, after walking into Oasis. And so I just wanted to even take this moment to honor Pastors Philip and Holly and Julian and Christina. They've invested a ton into me. And, and without them, I wouldn't have the family I have or even the, the life that I have. And so I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for what you guys have done and invested. So I wanted to give you guys a chance just to get to know me because I, I might not be a familiar face to many of you. So it was a Tuesday in 1982, <laughs> October 10th. I'm just kidding. But I will start a little bit later than that. When I was young, I would get a question that we all get asked. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I would answer Michael Jackson and Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Somehow wanted to be the king of pop and an animated mascot. All at once, okay? So that actually set me on a path to, to pursue a career in dance. It was much cooler than the ballerina you saw, by the way, so don't picture that, please. But like, think like, you know. The, yeah, you know what I mean? Like hip hop. Like, you know, I was like, a, I was a, right? Okay, that's what I want you to picture when I say dancer, okay? So this actually set me on a path to pursue that, and it's actually what moved me out to L.A. about 13 years ago. But somewhere along the way, probably in the 90s, exactly in the 90s, because of a Gatorade ad called Be Like Mike, do you guys remember this? I decided I'm going to take a break from pursuing dance, and I'm going to be a basketball player. <laughs> You're looking at me like, well, maybe he seems tall enough. He might have been able to. Do this. So, you know, I go and I try out for the basketball team in seventh grade. And we get to the point where we're going to do shooting drills. 60 seconds, make as many three-point shots as you can. Here we go. I start at the top of the, in the corner, right? First one. <sighs> Nothing but air. Okay, all right. Rally, here we go. Next shot. <sighs> Brick, hard. Okay, here we go. Next one. <laughs> All right, another air ball. Okay, this is not going well. Last 15 seconds of that 60 seconds, I was just trying not to cry. So at that point, I'm not even trying to make shots as I shoot through my tears. I just don't want to cry in front of all my friends and half the cheerleader squad who I have a crush on. I didn't make the team, by the way. I, I don't know if you guys were thought that might have a happy ending. I go home after I didn't make the team and I'm at my home hoop and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna be like Mike. You know who else didn't make their seventh grade basketball team? Michael Jordan. <laughs> here we go, I'm on the right track. I go home, all right, here we go, thousand shots a day till I make the team, right? I'm at home, do, 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 do. swish, hello, all right. Do, do, do. Another one. Another one, I'm burying them, guys. I'm like, what is going on? What's the difference? 
couldn't do it in the gym in front of my friends and those cheerleaders that I wanted to ask out. And then I'm at home and I'm just like, burying them. Standing under their hoop, I'm like, what is the difference? Thank you, son. Wait a minute. I reach up, I'm like, this hoop feels a little low. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Go Jaguars. Oh, you guys are so kind. <laughs> Duval. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, okay, I like you a lot. We're going to be friends. So I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. And the thing about Florida is that the water table is really high, which means that the soil is so moist that it shifts really easily. As it turns out, my basketball hoop, the post had been built in the ground and had sunk down about six inches. And so I'm great on a hoop that's about six inches lower than it should be. Give me that nine and a half inch, and I'm good. (laughs) Ten foot, ah, I don't know. We can't do it. And honestly, this isn't part of my message, but how often do we find that maybe we've built into soil that shifts a little bit? The Bible talks about a man that built his house on the sand and when the storm came, it washed away. And if that hoop had been built in stone and concrete into the driveway, it wouldn't have sunk. I mean, think about this. Our lives, we get the opportunity to build our life on the rock, Jesus. And no matter what, practice makes perfect. Yeah, right, practice in Jesus, right? So then I can shoot that shot with my rock and he's gonna make everyone drop. Praise God. After I didn't make the basketball team, we kind of abandoned that. I went back to pursuing dance. Remember this, not this. Um, Back to pursuing dance in in high school, Justin Timberlake was kind of like my new thing. We have curly hair, a lot more in common than that, but that's like the primary thing. I actually, like, I joined a boy band in one of those Florida boy bands, you know. And then something shifted. It was right around when Justin went solo. I was like, wait a minute, actually, kind of not into it anymore. I want to be like me. And don't we do that? I don't know, like, for me, like, I have a little bit of pride, a little bit of ego, a lot of it sometimes, that, that actually made me reject someone whose life I could pattern after to maybe get something that I wanted. And, and then it's like you look for other role models and you're like, actually, yeah, Julian Lowe, dude, he's fire. I could be just like him. And then what shifts me? What, what is it that makes me go, actually, no, I wanna be an original. I wanna be like me. What makes us wrestle with that? And that's a question that I constantly wrestle with. This message today is called The King's Copy. And I believe some of the answers we can find to a question like that are in Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In this piece of scripture, we find three things, a warning, wisdom, and a wow. 
Have you guys ever been given a warning that you ignored? I've been hit by a car. It's okay to laugh. It was 10 years ago. I'm obviously okay. But that happened because somebody didn't heed a warning, a stop sign. And sometimes, if you've ever experienced this, sometimes we can miss a warning and actually end up creating some discomfort. And hopefully it's just discomfort and not actually injury. The warning here that Paul gives us is to not be conformed to the patterns of this world. And I wonder if the reason that we get that warning is because if we take this approach, we'd only be mirroring the outward expressions and missing the inner, the inner thing that's happening in those people's lives. Another version of that scripture says, do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. I feel like he's cautioning us that if we copy what we see, we risk adopting a superficiality, a fakeness, that we risk having the appearance we desire without the inward substance to sustain it. Yeah, Fitz has now started eating solid foods, and I was cutting up grapes for him. And I was looking at the grapes and thinking, man, I'm so glad they're seedless. Have you ever had a seeded grape that you didn't know was seeded? And you have to do that awkward, like... <sighs> You're trying not to chip a tooth. You can't do that elegantly, by the way. Try it. If you figure out a way, don't bother adding me. I don't want to (laughs) know. But I'm sitting there, and I realized that if you look at a grape, you can't tell from the outside whether it's seeded or seedless. And we as Christians, we have this opportunity. We have God's living spirit inside of us. We have the opportunity through his spirit inside of us to bear fruit. You see, what's the difference between a fruit and a vegetable? Seeds. So tomatoes have seeds. They're not a vegetable, I'm sorry. (laughs) And that you can't at me about because I will fight you on it. (laughs) I'm that guy, sorry, tomatoes a fruit. Because it has seeds. That's actually the differentiator there. And we, as Christians, we have this opportunity Galatians 5.22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. God's Spirit on, inside of us, that seed, allows us to do something that produces that fruit. And that's the wisdom that Paul's pointing to. His advice to us is to let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. He's asking us to change the way we think. And the way I kind of process that is that he's inviting us to change what we focus on. He's inviting us to change what we focus on. See, conformity means that you can change and you match on the outside. But that transformation implies a complete change. That transformation, we get that word from a Greek word that we also get the word metamorphosis from. He's talking about a complete change that happens not from the outside, but from the inside out by God's spirit alive in us. I haven't always made the best choices in life. When I moved out to LA in 2007, 
It was about three years before I actually walked into Oasis for the first time. Those three years, we'll call those my college years. I had a bunch of friends that I, I kind of got to know really quickly, three best friends, and they would, we would party. Let me just put it that way. I'll spare you the gory details, but I wasn't heeding some warnings in that season of my life. And I actually experienced some consequences. And then I walked into Oasis for the first time in 2009. And I started a relationship with three guys that would actually change my life forever. I first walked into Oasis and I met David Lewis when I started serving in kids. And I even came to Oasis because of a guy named Jason Walker. And then I met Adam Graham. And these three guys became really influential in my life. And now 2010, it was still a little sketchy. Saturday night, I'm in the club. <laughs> right? And then Sunday morning, I was here at Oasis. Different cup. And I repeated that pattern. I had my friends from my, like we'll call it my old life, influencing me, but I had these new friends that I was walking with that began to start to influence me. Yeah. And what changed for me, that over 10 years, I could go from this guy to this guy that can stand here and proclaim Jesus' word, God's word over a church. That didn't happen. That didn't happen because of anything I did. It happened because of what God did through the influences of the great men that he surrounded me with. What happened is that my wow changed. The difference between me as an adult and, and me as a kid is I was really impressed by Michael Jordan and the fact that he could fly and Justin Timberlake and the fact that he could just glide and he had that, he had that just, oh, he could just, he, he, I don't know, how did he do that? And it was, this is nothing. And it just looked so good when he did it. But what impressed me started to change. What impressed me started to change, it started to match what might impress you. That actually I could tell a story about God changing my life over the course of 10 years and we would celebrate what God did more than if I did a cool jump turn, right? Like, it changes. We allow our, our wow to evolve. Sometimes we think about God's will for us and we think he might wanna make us a little bit miserable but his will, as the Bible says, is good, pleasing, and perfect. I want to encourage you guys. I don't know what you've been told about God, but can I tell you that his will is good, pleasing, and perfect for your life? If you think God's here to make you miserable, I want to speak against that right now. His will for you is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you get nothing out of today, would you just let that sink into your heart? I really like practical things, though. It's interesting, because I read the scripture, and I think, 
okay, I've got Jesus walking alongside me. You've heard a Christian say that, right? Jesus, the song we were singing earlier, he's beside me in the fire. But I look and I don't see Jesus, honestly. And I, I have questions, right? Like I need help. How do I process this? How do I look, who do I even look to? Right? I mean, Jesus, it's 2020. What am I supposed to do with TikTok? Should I download that and start an account and start doing my own little bye-bye-byes? Will I go viral? I don't know. Maybe. I thought maybe not, but now that I process it, TikTok. Okay. Note to self, download TikTok. Guys, follow me on TikTok. Coming soon. We don't really have a, a full Jesus to, like, walk with and look to to pattern our lives after, to become a copy of. In the, I looked into the scripture, and there's a couple different things that I feel like Paul points out. In Ephesians 5.1, he says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. And he also says in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, and you should imitate me. Now read the rest just as I imitate Christ. We can't miss that, right? Sometimes we hear people say, do it like me. Mm, not quite. Like, Got to make sure we finish it just as he imitated Christ. Do what he did that was just like Jesus. And so I see two things here that matter, our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others. Our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others. My relationship with Jesus grows as I go to the Bible. I can look to this to find out what to do, to learn more about his character, his habits, how he behaved when he was like me, a man on earth. I can look to this to find out what to do in Ephesians 5.1, when Paul says, imitate God, therefore, there's the therefore tells me there's a little bit more context. And so I go back to Ephesians 4.31 4, and 32. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted or compassionate, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I found a couple different lists of what to look for. But where do I look to? As Kenneth and Anjali so eloquently said, turning the rows into circles, it's in the circles of your friends. Like that story I told earlier, life change happened because I surrounded myself with godly men. But it wasn't just the godly men that I had things to look to. Also, my quote-unquote old friends, they're still my friends. Actually, both groups of friends stood by my side in my wedding. Both of those groups of friends, they had something to look to. I'm gonna invite my wife up. She's gonna help me with a little bit of a prop to illustrate something. So my mom was a, a seamstress, she sewed. And she used a thing called a pattern. And this, is a, this came in handy when I needed like a costume for a dance recital that she could sew. So you would use a pattern like this. Right? And you would actually lay fabric over it, use it to kind of as a guide to cut out the pieces of a garment and stitch that together to create a whole piece. What I feel like Paul's inviting us to do is to surround ourselves with pieces we can pattern our life after. Yeah. 
that who we would pattern after and partner with would allow him to do that transforming work in us, to use the caterpillar to butterfly, that that cocoon where God would continue to form us is as us surrounded by people who are living like Jesus. None of us are all like Jesus, right? Jesus got it 100% right. We get it like parts right, right? So I can look to someone like Adam and I see, man, he's so faithful and steady. I can look to David and I see the, the, the love for the Lord. My friend Jason, who, who worships with a full heart, honestly, it weirded me out sometimes. But those are my Christian friends. Then I could look to EJ. He's one of the most generous people I knew. Blake, so much character, so much integrity. Adrian, so much kindness and thoughtfulness. And as I take those pieces and allow God to form them in me in partnership with the Holy Spirit. See, it's not something we do alone. It's our relationship with God and Jesus that activates his power within us. And then it's the work of surrounding ourselves with godly examples, finding that what we focus on, that God then begins to cultivate us. Thank you, babe. I wanna encourage everyone, think about what would be possible in our church. None of us get it 100% right. Um, first to admit my flaws. But think about this. If we could commit to surrounding ourselves with examples, looking to, don't we often look to like what irritates us about people? Sometimes, like, ooh, I don't know. You do it. You did it with me earlier. <laughs> he talks about dancing a lot. But what if, what if we trained our eyes to not focus on what annoys us about people, but to find just a little bit of Jesus in them? What could happen if we then surround ourselves with that kind of cocoon? What could God form in us? What could we do in Oasis? What could we do in LA? What could we do for the kingdom of God? It starts with a relationship.